0: Hi, I'm Brandon Webb, former Navy SEAL and New York Times bestselling author. If you're like me, you want real security and defense news you can trust. You're probably tired of hearing the same talking heads, guys who have never seen the front lines, saying the same BS a hundred different ways. It's why I founded SoftRep.com, military-grade news produced entirely by our staff of military veteran journalists. Sign up at SoftRep for real news, real experience, real experts. SoftRep does what the mainstream media can't deliver authentic content straight from the front lines. Sign up for a free trial membership today, and I'll give you my best selling ebook, The Red Circle, for free. But that's not all. Your SoftRep membership also includes access to cutting edge defense and security news by military experts, access to our award winning documentaries, ebooks, special member events, and much more. So, what are you waiting for? Let us know you're in. Sign up for your free trial membership today. Join our community at SoftRep.com. That's sofrep. dot com.
1: Brute force. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Software Radio. Special Operations Military News and straight talk with the guys in the community.
2: Okay, welcome to Soft Rep Radio, and you're listening to Big Phil Campion, talking to you from Spain at the moment, and I'm on time, on target for Soft Rep Radio. Okay, just a bit of housekeeping before we get going then. Don't forget to check out softrep.com for all your military-related chat and banter and some great stuff going on. They've got some airborne stuff going on, talking about some exercises overseas in Africa, rad chats on there rad chats always good for us if you haven't met rad he's one of my best mates an absolute cracker of a man and whatever he says is funny he just has a way of making everything rock and roll he is a cool dude so listen to rad chat because he is cooler than a cucumber he really is okay today i'm going to do something that i said i was never ever going to do you're gonna to have to listen in and wait to find out because That's going to be done on the second part of this show. But first of all, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the concerns that people are having in Europe at the moment with reference to terrorism. And it's not the terrorism that you might think it would be straight away from Germany, okay? There seems to be a right-wing uprising, if that's the right word. Now, I don't think it's at the stage where we're expecting it to be as bad as it was in the days of Hitler I don't think people are marching around with swastikas you know literally cleansing streets and all that sort of stuff at the moment but I do think there has been a shift in trend towards supporting some of the more extreme movements and I'm going to talk quickly about how this is how this is coming across to us so last week I can't remember what day it was now it was was probably around Monday of last week we had reports of an attack uh, a guy had driven a car across into a celebration of people from the Muslim community, said to have been targeting children. It was a small Mercedes car. He'd driven it up into a gathering where people were celebrating and he'd targeted people locally, the same children. He'd driven it in at speed. He'd eventually come to rest, injuring, not confirmed how many, but dozens of people And quite seriously, some of them were were taken away. There was no deaths reported, but that sort of attack is a tit-for-tat type thing, in my opinion. They've seen it done elsewhere to other people. It's an easy way of injuring lots of people very quickly. So anyway, that's a a good possibility that it was an attack. Now, police hasn't confirmed it was an attack yet, but they've said it's a possibility that it could have been a racially motivated attack. So they have held a 29-year-old man in custody... They have said that he wasn't fit for interview. So there's a good chance he could have been drunk. If he was drunk, it might not have been a tank. It might have been his car was seriously out of control. It could have been the car didn't work properly. So they haven't ruled everything out yet. But it doesn't look good. All this is in the wake of 10 people dying in a shooting in Hanau. Not a week earlier, okay? So in Hanau, nine people were shot dead in what was definitely a racial attack. Somebody targeting the shisha bars. Okay, and then finally shooting himself. He shot these people in the sheesh bars, disappeared and shot himself, okay? Now, they're saying that that was the the, the the largest racially motivated attack since World War II. So this stuff is serious and it is happening. And whether it's led from one thing leading to another, it's still, you know, all terrorism is bad terrorism, in my opinion, okay? And it needs, it needs to be dealt with at its very core. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, all terrorists... Are terrorists. I don't care if you're right wing, left wing. I don't care what you support. If you try and get your point of view across using violence, you are a terrorist, simple as, okay? And it can't be tolerated at any level. So it's a shame to see Germany having an uprising and this sort of stuff, but unfortunately it is a fact of life so I will be keeping you updated on that sort of stuff that's happening and it's not just there it's across Europe you know we hear Sweden's got massive problems we know that we've had problems in the UK ourselves France has had problems and it just seems to be a little bit of both sides creeping in now so I'll keep you updated without here listen in for my shows because I'll always if something happens have an opinion for sure okay and I'll always keep you abreast of what's happening let's just quickly swing fire then and have a look at the coronavirus. Okay, so I've heard absolutely loads about the coronavirus. And if you go online, which I'm sure you have, and you Google coronavirus, you will find all sorts of hideous things with coronavirus, all right? And if you listen to all of them, and you listen to some papers in the UK and some television channels, you would probably be led into believing that the world was about to implode and everybody was going to die very soon. As soon <laughs> and we'll all be in a, in a zombie state Sooner rather than later. Let me, put, let me put that into perspective slightly, okay? Now, I've been watching it very carefully. And official figures, as far as we can tell, now these are as, official figures, as far as we can work out, okay, are that somewhere just over 80K people, 80,000 people have been diagnosed with coronavirus worldwide so far, okay? In the scheme of things, that is not a massive amount of people, okay? It really isn't. If you look at other diseases and other ways of people dying, you probably find that, you know, 10 times that amount every day dying car crashes, all right? So that's putting it slightly into perspective. 3,000 of those have died so far. So out of 80K just over, just under, I think it was 2,774 people had died, all right? This was as of yesterday, all right? Nearly 3,000 people have died. So out of 80,000 people, that isn't, isn't a horrendous figure if it was 80,000 people had 80,000 people dead then we're talking something to be extremely scared of but as it stands the chances of you dying from coronavirus are 2% and it's 2% of quite a small figure at the moment so you might be seeing some horrendous pictures coming in from across the globe you might have seen everybody walking around with a mask on their head you might have seen your local emergency services even upping the ante and getting themselves ready and bracing for pretty horrible times That would be normal. It would be abnormal to hear of something like this breaking out and nobody getting ready for it. So I think the fact that people are actually getting ready for it and taking seriously is making people believe that at the moment it's worse than what it is. But again, on Soft Rep Radio, I will give you the facts, I will give you the truth, and I will tell you what I know, and I'll give you my opinion, okay? And I'll keep you as up to speed with it as I can, for sure. Okay, so I'm now going to do something which I promised I would never do. But I think it needs to be done. I will be the first one to do it. I don't think anybody else has ever done it from the Special Forces community. I don't think anybody has ever even attempted to do it from the Special Forces community. Here we go. What are you doing, Phil, is what you're saying to me? What are you doing that is so secretive and locked away that you don't even want to tell me even though you're talking about it now? I'm going to tell you exactly. Should I tell you? Or shall I let Wendy tell you? Because what I'm going to do now... She's already pulling faces at me. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to interview my partner, okay, and I'm going to give you her side of me being away all the time, especially way back when when I was an operator, cutting around the globe, doing my own thing, and letting her know as little or as much or as nothing sometimes would happen, okay, and she'd have to deal with it. So without further ado, let me introduce to you, my best friend and my partner, Wendy. How are you, Wendy? You're all right. <laughs> it's really strange interviewing your partner, because it's like I've got to I've got to keep the professional persona, but she's she's laughing and giggling as we speak. Look, Wendy, Alan we've been together. We've been fifteen years, yeah?
1: Yeah, my uh, best.
2: Nice. That wasn't the one I wanted to get wrong, was it? I'd be in trouble for that hour. Bear in mind I'm braced for a clip round the ear at any moment during this interview. So look, listen, Wendy. When you first met me. We was on a blind date, all right? So we, were, we met for a blind date. And what were you told about me? Not a lot, really. I was,
1: didn't really know anything about you. I didn't actually really want to know anything about you. I wanted to make up <laughs> my own mind. And I remember when I first saw you, I thought, well, oh, he's not my type. But we went out, didn't we, and we didn't stop laughing.
2: No, we did have a good laugh. But at that stage, did you know that I did something other than a normal nine-to-five job? No. You didn't really, did you? No? no. She knew that the guy that set us up was a bodyguard for Oasis. Well,
1: I knew that you'd worked
2: for him. Yeah, and I'd done a few bits and pieces with Steve. So Steve was the bodyguard for Oasis. His missus was, was Wendy's best mate, and he set the pair of us up. So that's how it came about. So we chat. We had a good laugh that first night out, didn't we? Yeah. And then we ended up, all four of us, having an Indian meal. I thought, like, I was very nervous to let you know the whole story about what I did, because you don't know, because I spent a lot of time working away. What did you think when I first told you I'd be spending, you know, a lot of time out of the country?
1: I don't know, really. I think part of me was, like, because we were only just got together. It was neither here nor I suppose it would be a test of our relationship, definitely, because we'd only just got together. So I think we'd been to about a month together.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah when I went away the first I was doing the anti piracy stuff at first one. I actually I was, moved into a house and
1: helped you with Perry, didn't
2: I? Yeah, yeah. so Wendy was looking after my son, they had her own two two kids of her own that moved into my house. And I went away for the first time, and I hadn't been away for a while because I'd been looking after Perry myself, so I couldn't go away. So this was the first time I'd been away for a while. And, and we
1: didn't have mobile phone. We had mobile phones, but we didn't have that communication because it, was it wasn't what it is to today. Ring, ring abroad, and
2: there certainly wasn't no Skype We did by or that. email, didn't we? It was email when and where I could get it on the ship, mm. which wasn't very often, was it? No. Which was I think I didn't was, hear
1: from you for over a week.
2: Do you think that was a good thing or a bad thing?
1: It's a bad thing, really, because. Although in my heart I knew you you were okay, I didn't know. So I found for the first week of every trip you went away was really hard.
2: So you always say to other people once, because we do get into a routine when we're at home, and I break that routine twice. I break it when I leave and I break it when I come back. Mm. But you, So just explain the routine while I'm away and your mindset when I'm away, because you've got to keep yourself on top of things, thinking about, you know, you're feeding the kids and stuff like that, do you know what I mean?
1: I mean, yeah, when they were younger, it was. I went from having two of us there because you were constantly home, so we shared everything to just me, you know, and that was quite hard because Perry had his football and it was Jack and Grace. And
2: yeah, there's a lot you see. I Grace don't realize this, you don't as an operator, you sometimes don't realize what the other half of the relationship's going through because you're too busy wrapped around what you need to do just to stay alive. Or, you know, your orders or where it is you're operating are usually pretty tough places, so...
1: I mean, don't get me wrong. My life compared to what you were doing was nothing. I'm not complaining about that. It's just... I went from having... sharing everything to having to do it all myself, so my whole routine would have to be... And I worked full-time as well.
2: So what were my what were my best traits when I was at home? Best things worst, about having the, me at home? The best
1: things about having you home was somebody to spend my time with. Yeah, we all had, but we, all, we you did had, loads for the kids, so you take Perry to football. We always had money when I came home, Yeah, yeah there, we would shop together. Have the best things yeah. about you being away. Yeah, go on. It stayed more tidy. <laughs> <laughs> I could watch what I'm on in the telly.
2: I am an ab in vortex by the way, people. I cannot keep anything tidy. You could put me in a room with nothing and I'd still manage to make a mess in there, so that's how I am.
1: Yeah, you're very hectic.
2: But you like hectic. Yeah. I also <laughs> like peace. <laughs> you must like hectic. You, so, like, you
1: always want to do something. We well, got
2: to do something, haven't we? Some it?
1: days you just—it's nice. to But well, what it. were the
2: worst times on was away? So I've been—you know—when I've been all over the place. You know, sometimes in some extremely dangerous places. You know, when I first went to Syria, tell him that story. You know, when I when I when I phoned you up.
1: Oh yeah, so he um, phoned me up and he said I I can't talk for a while because I'm going down on the front line where ISIS are. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I think I got to about 12 hours, and I tried calling, no answer. And I think maybe nearly 48 hours before I heard from you. So that was a really horrible time. Yeah. Really horrible. That was
2: really scary. I mean, I was down in Sinjar, and it was a full-blown punch-up. And when she saw the footage afterwards, I think she was quite annoyed with me because it was – I should have at least given her more than a – just I won't be talking for a couple of days because it was serious. I might not have come back. The fighting was that intense down there your mindset when that was going on
1: I can't concentrate on anything I can't do anything you know I can't like I can eat or sleep properly just constantly thinking about it so I think that was the worst time for me that one
2: was there stuff you could do to take things off your mind not really no no the kids didn't keep you I mean the kids are kids didn't they did did, did, did you you ever find yourself snapping at the kids because they had the pressure of having me away knowing what's going on you know, the kids are like, nah, 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 and they're all like, well, shut up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because the old man could be in trouble here. What do you think is the worst phone call you've ever had off me? Do you think that was the worst phone call you've had off me? Did I phone you when I got locked up in Togo? I'm
1: just trying to think, no, you didn't actually. Not until it was all over.
2: Yeah. You didn't. I mean, Gaza was hectic. The anti-piracy was the gold mines were hectic.
1: I think the worst thing for me is, if you said you were going away for a month, and You were coming home, that's great because in my mind, I know you're coming going and I know when you're coming back. But I remember when you done the anti piracy, I think you were going away for five weeks, maybe, and you ended up staying away for nearly three months. And we just didn't have a, a date for you coming home,
2: no, no, which was but then I didn't have that date either, I suppose. So I couldn't tell you. if I could have told you, I probably would. Yeah. But I made this pact with myself when I first started traveling. When I first started doing it privately, I realized that. If you wanted someone to cover your back, it needed to be somebody you trusted more than anybody else. And that, to me, could only be my missus. So when I booked out, if I wanted people to know where I was, I'd let Wendy know what I was doing. And it sounds really strange that I had to book out through my own missus. But to put it in perspective, when I got locked up in Togo, the company I was working for weren't even interested in what was happening to me. Now, although I didn't manage to let Wendy know straight away because I went straight down the pan and didn't have the chance to, had I let Wendy known, she would have started putting provision in place to get me out. As it was, I talked my own way out of it. But I think, you know, having you in the background for me, you were like my HQ. I, I call her the long-haired colonel because she's the one in the HQ. Because HQ, when you're a private military contractor, unless you're working for a very reputable country that company with probably a friend at the top of it that you trust implicitly, as has shown time and time again through places like Iraq and Afghanistan with various companies – Once you go down the panel, something nasty happens, they just wash their hands of you.
1: Yeah. I think the other thing as well, like, when you first started going away, I would spend a lot of time with my family, my mum, my eldest daughter. uh, We did more together. And then when you would come home, I wouldn't spend as much time with them. And they used to actually say to me, you know, we don't see you when Phil's home. So that was a difficult thing for me as well, because I had to try and make them understand and it almost felt like I was using them, but I wasn't. They did understand in the end. That's a hard thing, because you've got your friends, so when you're away, you tend to see everybody more.
2: I don't think they... Because your parents had only ever had... Your, your, your guy before me had a regular nine-to-five type yeah. thing, although we used to go away. So they hadn't ever experienced anybody who just went, I'm off, I'll see you later, and gave as little information as I did, to the point that your mother was probably like, what are you doing with the <laughs> I mean, Yeah, yeah. It was like, why don't you get a normal man? Yeah,
1: and they they did understand eventually, but that's quite hard. Sort of having to say to your friends and family that when Phil's here, you won't see me as much because I don't know when he's going away again.
2: Yeah, no, that's so that i get
1: that. From. Was I selfish? I don't know. Maybe.
0: I'm Brandon Webb, former Navy SEAL and founder of The Crate Club. Tired of the same old gift ideas? Want military-grade survival gear delivered to your doorstep? Then get Crate Club, the box built by Navy SEALs, Army Rangers, and Special Ops guys. With backpacks, holsters, and more military-grade gear, it's the perfect gift for the guy in your life. Subscribe to Crate Club, and we'll also include The Killing School, my best-selling ebook about America's elite snipers. That's crateclub.com, C-R-A-T-E-Club.com. I've always
2: said to you before that when I come home, I have to have time to do all sorts of stuff because yeah. my kids want to see me. Your kids want to see me. My parents want to see me. Well, not so much now, but that was, you that was I mean? hard. You then got to go and see your brothers, your cousins. Your, you've still got to see yeah. your family, and uh, we've both come from massive families where everybody wants a bit out of you. Yet, yeah, because you've been away for you know, some cases three months away, two months at home, two weeks at home, possibly you know. You didn't know when you were yeah, going that away was next hard time. Because
1: everyone wanted you to themselves
2: and you've got a bit of dough in your pocket. You mm. want to go on a holiday, you wanna do this, you wanna do that. And we've done some cool stuff together, we've been to Florida we together, haven't we? Do you know? Yeah. So and especially once the kids started getting older and we got a bit more of our own space, we could go and do cooler things, which you can. Mm. Can't you? Do you know what I mean? Especially if you if you're doing that sort of work, you do have a bit of money in your bank. what, what do you think is the worst what's the worst side of things for you of, of being with someone like myself? What's the worst thing? What would you say? If if someone if a girlfriend came up to you and said, i bet this fellow and he's a great lad but he does this, what would be your... Oh, what's that? Know.
1: I don't actually know because most people can say, oh yeah, I mean, you're hectic, you're on the go 24-7, you can't sit still. But us, there's nothing really bad about you. You know, I always said, do you remember that time I said to you years ago, you know when you're happy with someone, if you had no money and you had to save up all month, just to go out for one pint with that person, you would still be as happy with them sat at home. It's not all about so just being
2: with you, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, we've had problems along the time. I would say it's all been rosy, but that's the nation of a relationship. Has to... and we've had we've had periods where we've had absolutely next to bugger all, haven't we? Yeah. Money wise, we've had periods where we've had nothing. You know, I was trying to make money in London from a caravan. You were trying to live yeah, where you were doing problem, on, on, but we on were still... nothing.
1: Still there. We're very strong together like that. I wouldn't say there's anything like what's what, I, I mean, you could have a shower a bit
2: more often. <laughs> but I'll bring I'll bring the grunt element to the house. That's yes, the problem. So I bring definitely. the I bring the operator element. I'm not bothered about how clean I am. I'm really not. Well, hang on. Um, then.
1: What would you say was the worst thing about me?
2: You, like, so when your routine's disturbed oh, and I come home,
1: I know what it is about you. Go on. You either you can be either really high. Or really bad moods. There's no... Yeah, I do have mood swings. No, i get that. I
2: do have mood swings. You to. nag. I have to. You nag. You proper <laughs> nag. Like a nag. Like ten times worse. It is. I do get right. nagged. And the other... Do you know what used to annoy me? And this, uh, you, you, we're gonna, this, the, the main Here thing we that we've ever argued about is the kids, all right, is, is our children. With the nature of the work that I've done... I would always try and be friends to the children when I come home. But obviously, you've got to try and discipline them at the same time. And this is when her lips curling already. <laughs> We're going to put a punch up on soft for the first time, all right? And I would try and be a friend to the kids and probably not tell them off or discipline them as heavily as I did my son because I had him a lot more when he was younger. In hindsight, it was probably a mistake not to do that. But when you're working away so much and you come home, you don't want to be the villain when you come home. Yet, to back your missus up properly, perhaps you need to be the villain, And that was art.
1: I think the biggest thing that we argued about with the kids was, like, money. Like, you would just give them money. And I would say that they have to do something to earn that money.
2: Yeah, but I, I wouldn't be home long enough for them to get into that sort of routine with me. So I just want to see them happy while I'm home. And if I spend a bit of dough lend them a tenner or whatever, then that to me was like you know I could forego because I hadn't really had the back chat do you know what I mean
1: yeah I think I'm definitely more I wouldn't say stricter but I'm harder and I think that would if
2: if we look at it in that respect the hardest thing of being in a relationship like this is bringing your kids up
1: bringing two families together and doing it definitely because you've got a different group
2: than I have are notoriously do you know what I mean it's like yeah <laughs> and we do have a ginger one as well, so we have a ginger stepchild, <laughs> and she is. Beautiful. And I do let her know <laughs> she's a vegan, uh, right? Yeah, those. Um, I so think, that yeah, I think that's the, that was the hardest thing, wasn't it? Really? We've I'm never really argued about
1: money like in the situation if we haven't got
2: it, but we're not bothered about money, but I do because if we haven't got it, you can't spend it, and when you, you, you have got it I, it, I spend it willy
1: nilly <laughs> to the kids, and so I'm not like
2: that. <laughs> Which is how it is, do you know what I mean? So we've never we've never massively I think I gave up chasing the dollar years ago because, you know, it doesn't make you any happier and you need to be happy with the work that you're doing. So, you know, you might not earn as much as you did, but so long as you're happy, I think that's the that's the main thing for me. Is mm-hmm. why I do what I do now. Definitely. All right, let's yeah. let's swing fire and let's talk about when I came out of the closet with Oh, hang on, in, 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 in respect to when I was with you, the book went viral. Born Fearless did extremely well. Then I started appearing on Sky News. Then I made documentaries and a lot of the stuff I did online. And our lives did change slightly because I couldn't do so much of the, the security stuff purely because so many people do recognise me now. So have you found that difficult far I found that very you?
1: difficult actually.
2: And we've had we've had some major trolling online. So we've had some real you know, I've done a couple of things online which have upset one side or the other. And we've had some real troubles, haven't we?
1: Going back, like, I remember when you sort of did your book and, you know, you were getting noticed. Do you ever remember, like, we, everywhere we went here, you know, people would recognise Phil and he would be chatting away. And I had to pull him up one day and I said, hey, Phil, you know, you start talking, we go out together you start talking to people and I'm left
2: there. You never even introduced me, do you remember? Yeah, no, it could get you could get because I felt like I wasn't used to people recognising me and jumping all over me and wanting to speak to you and shake your hand and say hello and you can become very focused on that as opposed to what you would be doing normally, which no, it's been difficult, hasn't it? Mm. But I think for you the worst thing has been the trolling. Because I've yeah, got thick yeah, yeah. skin, I've got majorly thick yeah, skin. You can say to me what you want, but unless you're prepared to bring your gum shield and meet me somewhere. I don't care what you say. Do you know what I mean? I mean, so you've that heard,
1: doesn't some me. I heard some horrible things. I heard about, about you online, and I get yeah, I do get very upset because that is not fit all.
2: No, we've had some real keyboard mentality, haven't we? But keyboard warrior you, mentality. Yeah,
1: I just don't think I would, that's something I will never get used
2: to. It's hard to take. You know, I know, I know. Brandon's had a bit of it. Um, I've had some of it. I would imagine anybody that sticks their head up about you can't keep everybody happy all of the time. So. No matter, you know, and the more people that know you, probably the more abuse you're going to get because mm. there's always going to be a percentage or element of people. One thing we don't get is screaming hordes of women after me, but we have had the odd we one. We have had that. We have had the odd one. How'd you cope with that? Because Wendy's mental. Wendy's absolutely ridiculously barking mad. Probably more barking mad than I am when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to infidelity well, issues. You know, She's off the scale barking. I
1: am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm detective of what's mine.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, go on in, tell him how it is. Uh well
1: I'm like, give me the phone number, give me your email, <laughs> and like Phil has just said, you have to just ignore it and you do. I just find it you know, if they know that he's with someone, why would you even do that to someone's husband? That's me. I'm very old fashioned.
2: Yeah, no, I suppose so. But people take liberties online, don't they? People say stuff online that they wouldn't say to your face. I am and we crazy. know it. and you are crazy, You're absolutely bonkers. <laughs> Bonkers Barker, cheers.
1: I could put them off you quite quickly.
2: I I'm sure go. you could. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Take them to the dark side. <laughs> <won't you? laughs> no, that would be um, that would be quite barking. So, the plus side of the thing, we've done the dark side of it. We've done the. Yeah, uh,
1: mm,
2: we've met some tremendous people, haven't we? Yes. We've met celebrities we would never have met. We've met some tremendously normal people that we would never have we've
1: met. We've been invited. We've been invited to some. Places. I mean, we were
2: dinner on board HMS Victory. Dinner on HMS Victory. That was just yeah, 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 yeah. We've been to all sorts of different places. Yeah. We've been VIP'd up to the max by some people. You know, we've been hosted by generals. That's been incredible. That's been an absolute, you know, that's a real, that's the plus side of what, of what it is, you know. That,
1: yeah, for me, it's, that's kind of like, it doesn't even matter if you're you have lots of money. We have done things that, you have to, you can't yeah money to, you can't yeah. buy some of the
2: stuff you do i mean dinner on hms victory at the same place where nelson had his din- stood in the same mess where nelson would have been drinking is a crazy thing to do yeah you know in your mess dress that's one thing that you'll probably you can't buy that can one you? of
1: the yeah and you know one of the nicest things we've ever done is when um perry got commissioned at sandhurst and like i was just stood there and i was it's just like, this is so nice,
2: isn't it? Yeah, Perry became an it's officer in the British Army, just for those that don't understand. Perry, my son became, my, my eldest son, our eldest son, became an officer in the British Army and was commissioned at Sanders. We went to his commissioning parade. We subsequently that evening stayed and went to his commissioning ball, which is quite unusual because not a lot of parents stayed, did they? No. But we were just found ourselves pinching ourselves that we were in this thing, do you know what I mean? It was, it was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. if my mate Roger from the parachute regiment did end up with a black eye <laughs> <high. laughs> for sending when he should have been receiving. So yeah, we've like... done a lot of
1: good things
2: together. Yeah, there was a lot of cool stuff. A lot of cool we've stuff still to do. We've had a really good
1: to enjoyable life, haven't we? I'll never complain
2: about that. No, but it's not always been easy. And I think what I take when I speak to young ones about relationships and all that sort of stuff. You have to have the NGU, the never give up attitude. You have to to take it. You have to to work at relationships. It's not something that just lands on your lap. And military relationships or operator style relationships. And if you go, you know, the way I've gone and it turns into, you know, people actually analyzing you as a person and your family to some extent, it can throw up all sorts of issues. But you and I came
1: from just totally different
2: worlds, really, didn't we? Yeah. So it's been a yeah, no, it's still, we're still rolling. So there we go. Yeah. All right, well, look, I'm going to leave it. Unless you've got anything else you want to speak. Because Wendy's normally got something else to say. It's very unusual for Wendy not to have the last word.
1: Emailing, and in, me, and in
2: terms of Google, I don't need it because she knows everything. So <laughs> well, you're a lucky man, <laughs> I am a lucky man. Right there, you go. So Wendy, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut Wendy free. She's gonna disappear. That, that was something I'd said I wouldn't do, but I think it, I think you'll agree with me. It was worth doing. We've um, do. we chatted we chatted about this sort of stuff before between each other, and honestly, like I say, there's 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 always more pros than there are. Then there are cons when it comes to our relationship and so long as it stays that way well you're going to have a bumpy ride sometimes but at the end of the day you're doing what's best for each other and that's how relationships work Uh, whether you're an operator or not to be honest so that brings me to, let's have a let's have a last rundown through SoftRep. Let's have a look at what's going on. Like I said, you've got the African Special Forces exercise going on. You've got the airborne stuff. You've got loads of pictures of the day. So get yourself along to SoftRep.com. Have a good butchers at what's going on. Don't forget the Crate Club. Crate Club is doing some really cool things. And just before we close, I'll tell you what I am going to do. I'm going to give you two minutes worth of... Uh, prince harry this week and we know prince harry has been in all sorts of bother about him and his missus wanting to move to canada do this that and the other and not be part of the fold anymore although they have promised to pay back any monies that they're perceived to have owed from their wedding and their houses and all the rest of the stuff which is honorable to me and don't forget harry is a two-tour operator himself having flown apache's In Iraq, in some of the, sorry, in Afghanistan, in some of the most difficult and challenging operations that they did. So he's no, he's no crow. He's no lunatic. He's no sort of like, uh, he was a royal family, but he went to war. That man went to war and he flew a helicopter which does one thing, goes to battle. Okay. So don't get me wrong when I say Prince Harry went to battle in a helicopter. All right. He went in a helicopter that did nothing. It wasn't a troop carrier. It wasn't a, it wasn't a supplies helicopter. He went to, war in a helicopter which was designed to go and fight people right so two tours he did two very energetic tours we'll call them okay very busy tours to you all right so i've got a lot of respect for the man he wears his medals on his chest he earned his medals on his chest all right not like some of the other royals you get who didn't do probably as much as he did the medals he's got on his chest he's earned all right the afghan medal is there because he went to afghanistan and he fought all right so i've got a lot of respect for the man straight away A lot of these people cutting into him for being a royal are probably a little bit out of order in my opinion but who am I? Okay, so this week, I just thought I'd mention this because this week for the very first time he did a a mission up in Scotland. Uh, I don't know if it, it was some sort of talk about the environment or something like that. So he's still doing his bits and pieces. He's dropped a lot of his royal work, but there you go, that's up to him. Anyway, he went to Scotland for the very first time this week, and normally he's introduced as his his royal highness, the duke of this, the duke of that, this, that and the other. But this time he said he just wanted to be introduced pure and simply as Harry. So for the very first time this week, when they introduced him, the lady on the mic says, "Uh, I'd like to introduce to you and give a very warm Scottish welcome to harry and i thought that was really nice because you know at the end of the day he is harry he's diana's son all right so you know you can you can you can beat him with the royal stick he didn't want to do that he wanted to do his own thing he's happy with his missus who can knock the man i'm certainly not going to knock him all right if he wanted to come back into the fold one day he'd be more than welcome he still is the figurehead for many military type related charities i the victors games aren't just going to go away you'll still be behind that So he's still doing his bits and pieces. He just wants a bit of slack for himself. He's not in line to the throne or anything like that. So why shouldn't the man enjoy his life? And fair play to you, Harry. If you're listening, boss, well done, mate. You do your bits and pieces. And actually, if you've dropped all your titles, we don't have to call you boss anymore. So I'll call you Harry as well. Well done, Harry. Good man. There you go. So on that note, as I've said, don't forget... Check out all the other stuff on Soft Rep. Check out the stuff on Crate Club. Some really cool bits and pieces going on on both sites. Have a great weekend. Doing whatever you're doing. Wherever you hear this, whenever you listen to it, don't forget, it's Big Phil from across the pond, broadcasting from Spain for your enjoyment. And I've interviewed me missus live. That has got to be the most bonkers thing I've ever done. Okay. Who dares wins? And I'll see you all later on.
1: You've been listening to Soft Rep Radio. New episodes up every Wednesday and Friday. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Soft Rep
0: Radio.